You are listening to the Alaska Sports Talk Podcast, sponsored by Roger Briley and Associates, Partouche Plumbing and Heating, Guido's, The Bike Shop, Alaska Sausage and Seafood, and the Alaska Club. Now, here are your hosts of AST, Keaton Homer and Isaiah Freeman. Welcome to the Alaska Sports Talk Podcast Instant Reaction. This is Isaiah Vreeman with you. Going to give a quick reaction to the first day of the Alaska Airlines Classic over at West Anchorage, as well as the South Anchorage Wolverine Classic over at South Anchorage. Boy, what an amazing night of basketball. Wow, it's you'll, you'll hear about it <laughs> Boy, if you didn't watch any of these games live or on alaskaairlinesclassic.com, man, I feel bad for you. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad that we're going to catch you up on everything so you know you're in the know. But, wow, what uh, what an impressive display of basketball tonight. Let's start off by we're going to wrap up the Alaska Airlines Classic Girls Basketball Tournament that Started on Tuesday, the 16th, um, Mountain City beat Grace Christian, West Anchorage beat Tikiak. Then on Wednesday, we had Tikiak beat Grace Christian, but that was uh, not the Grace Christian varsity team. It looked like it, uh, a lot of their uh, players that normally play a lot of minutes on varsity were not playing in that game. And then on the nightcap, Mountain City Christian beat West Anchorage, and then this morning, Thursday, Grace Christian played West Anchorage in a student game at 10 a.m. Over 1,000 people in the gym. Grace ended up winning 46-33. And Mountain City ended up beating Tikiak 65-25. That means Mountain City ends up winning the Alaska Airlines Classic for the girls. And, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, it was a uh, Mountain City is impressive. If you have not seen them play, they they don't have Sylvia Sellers. That's true, but they are still a very very good team. Those girls are good. They've played together a long time, and Coach Lexi, I know she's new this year. She has got those girls playing really well, and they're playing fast. They play fast. They're up tempo. They get after it. They are they're a fun watch. So congratulations to the Mountain City. Christian Lions for winning the Alaska Airlines Classic Girls Basketball Tournament. We'll quickly turn over to the South Anchorage uh, Wolverine Classic. Want to talk about that real quick before we get into the Alaska Airlines Classic instant reaction. The South Anchorage Tournament, I have not, I was not able to watch a lot of those games, but I do have some scores to report from that. We had in the first game, we had Thunder Mountain beat Lathrop 68-55. Then we had, uh, let's see, oh, yep. The next game at 430 was Mountain City versus Eagle River. Eagle River ended up winning that one 55-52. It was pretty nip and tuck there for the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. And then Eagle River ended up making some free throws. Mountain City turned it over a couple times and just couldn't quite catch up because Eagle River had been hitting some free throws. So that was a pretty close one. Then at 6 o'clock, Ketchikan played Palmer. Ketchikan ended up winning 77-64. And then in the nightcap over at the Wolverine Classic, we had your host, South Anchorage, play Petersburg. And South Anchorage won 
So that sets up a pretty interesting semifinals over at the Wolverine Classic tomorrow, Friday. We have at 6 o'clock Eagle River versus Ketchikan. And then we have Thunder Mountain versus South at 7.30. I'll tell you what, watching Ketchikan and watching a little bit of Eagle River at the Juno, the Capital City Classic, Ketchikan, Eagle River is going to be a, an entertaining game. I, I would say if I had to pick a team at this point, I would say Ketchikan would probably win that game. But it wouldn't surprise me if Eagle River does. But I would edge towards Ketchikan at this point. And then the Thunder Mountain South, that is going to be a very entertaining game at 730. That's, that has all the earmarks of one for the ages for that tournament. Thunder Mountain comes in. They are undefeated right now. They are rolling. South is coming in. They've got, they have a loss, but they've got some conference stuff going on. Thunder Mountain really hasn't gotten into that quite yet. But uh, that's going to be a very entertaining, very entertaining game to watch. So if you're around South Anchorage at that time, 730, be there at the gym. That'll be a game that you're definitely going to watch. In the consolation side, Petersburg, Lathrop at 430. And then at 3 o'clock, Conference opponents, Mountain City versus Palmer for the first time of, excuse me, at least two more times. So that is your South Wolverine Classic. All right, now to the Alaska Airlines Classic for the boys. Wow, I can tell you what, I was working during the West Anchorage-West Valley game. I mentioned in a previous podcast with Keaton that I didn't think I was going to be able to get there for an in-person watch. So I watched on the stream while I was doing some work, and it was nice because I was actually able to take some notes while I was doing it and typing them so I could type a little faster and I could read them a lot easier too when I was done. So that was an overtime game, and let me let me just kind of summarize how we got there to the overtime. Um, student body game at 12.15. There were at least 1,200 people in the gym it was really full. It was loud. It was definitely West Valley's most hostile environment that they had played in so far this year. Uh, West Valley is the number three team in the Alaska Sports Talk rankings, and West Anchorage is the number one team in the Alaska Sports Talk rankings, and it lived up to the billing of a one-versus-three matchup. First quarter, West was full-court pressure. So was West Valley. West Valley was working the ball hard, being patient, looking for a good shot. They were using the shot clock. Uh, West Valley all night, all night for that game, or I should say afternoon, but that entire game, West Valley was doing real work on the glo- on the glass. They got a lot of offensive rebounds leading to layups. Peterson and Boswick for West Valley, their big men, they really did yeoman's work down there. West Valley started out on a 10-to-1 run to start the game, and then, yeah, two seconds left, West Valley fouls Bo Merriman, 93 feet away from the basket, which was uh, kind of a tough one. So they ended up finishing the quarter 13-10. to 10. West Valley had controlled most of that quarter, but with about two, two and a half minutes left, uh, West Anchorage started to get back in it. Second quarter, uh, Jock Merriman hits a three right away to start the second. West Valley kept missing some layups. West takes a, a lead with five minutes left in the second for the first time in the game at 19-17. West Valley was working really hard with Peterson and Boswick in the post, trying to look to feed them as much as possible. West was having a hard time kind of playing that. 
they were fronting them. They were behind them. It, it was really tough. I, I thought for a moment there that West might have gone zone just to kind of see if they could uh, handle that a little bit better. But I know Coach for West, uh, Coach Josh, he's not a huge zone guy, especially with uh, the athletes that West has. So he didn't end up switching to his zone, but uh, it, it seemed to end up working out for him as the, as the game wore on, and that's why he's coaching. Wes, they like they like shooting layups and threes. They don't do a whole lot of post work. It's drive and dish. It reminds me a lot of that dribble drive offense that John Calipari made famous in Kentucky years ago. Um, Bishop Hardman uh, hits a two and was fouled by Halen Neal. And back-to-back threes. Uh, Boswick ended up in foul trouble for West Valley with three of them with about 35 seconds left in the second. West is up two, 25-23. The fouls are starting to pile up for West Valley at this point, uh, heading into half, and that will come to play in later in this game. The halftime score was 27-24. West held the three-point advantage. Oh, let's see. Third quarter, again, West and West Valley. They're back. They they would press a little bit with their, excuse me, their full court man, and then they would back off a little bit because um, West Valley had started kind of breaking it, and same with West with West Valley, vice versa. Offensive rebounding still for West Valley had been really good. If it hadn't been for offensive rebounding and putbacks, West Valley – would have really been struggling at, at, in the field. Um, there was one time that the shot clock, you know, they had been playing with the shot clock. It didn't really come into play all that terribly much throughout the game, but there was a pivotal time in the towards the end of the third quarter. West Valley had kind of crawled its way back. It's, it's I think it's 35-35 at the time. And with... Yeah, about an, it was just under a minute. Excuse me, just under a minute. The clock is the shot clock is counting down. the The crowd is chanting on the shot clock. The West Valley players are tuned in. They're not paying attention to the shot clock. They're tuned into what they're doing, and they don't get a shot off. The buzzer goes, and everyone's a little surprised. And that turnover led to West ending up hitting a three, uh, going up thirty seven thirty four. So it just that one. That one ended up hurting. The end of the third quarter was 37-35 West. The fourth quarter, the fourth quarter was just <laughs> that the first about four minutes of the fourth quarter, I'm not gonna lie, was a little hard to watch. They were trading turnovers all the time. Bad turnovers by both teams, dribble out of bounds, pass out of bounds. Just it was kind of you could tell that they were getting a little tight. Both teams were getting a little tight. It was a tight game. It had been hotly contested the whole time. It was a great basketball game. It, it was uh, Peterson, Leighton Neal, Jack Mawan, uh Boswick. I mean, they they were all just – they were doing great. And, uh, Jack Mawan for West. Um, at the time, at this time really, uh, let's see – Oh, a little bit further down on my notes. At this time, the West, uh, one of the West's best player, Boo Merriman, had not been uh, had not been really a, a, a large factor in the game. But he will come to play a factor in the game along with Cook in overtime. That's where you need some of your best players to show up. 
it got really interesting towards the the end of the fourth quarter. Got a lot of notes on this. Basically, we'll pick it up with about 18 seconds. Uh, West, big man, or West Alexander is shooting two. It's tied 45-45 with 20.5 seconds left. He's shooting two. He misses both. 18 seconds to play. West Valley calls a timeout. West fouled on the rebound. So it's now 8.8 seconds left. Boswick, the West Valley big man, is shooting two because of the foul situation. He makes one. If he can make just one, but he misses both. West gets the ball in the full court. 5.1 left. West misses a shot. And we end the fourth, 45-45. It had been pretty much a four- to five-point margin the whole second half. And here we go in overtime. Boswick gets a post-up, really nice move. Uh, but he, he, basically, he basically gets the shot but misses the free throw. Leighton, this is a key moment in the game. 2.58 left in overtime. 2.58 left in overtime, so almost three minutes. Out of four, Leighton Neal for West Valley fouls out. He was their high scorer with 12 points at this point, and he was really handling the pressure with uh, Jamari Sims. Those two had really, really played well together and beating the West pressure and handling that for most of the game. As soon as Leighton fouls out, um, it, that that's when West started to kind of take over. As soon as he fouled out, West comes down, Boo Merriman, Hits a three, so it's now 50-47. Alexander is fouling Sims on the line. Jamari Sims for West Valley. West Valley hits both, so now it's 50-49 West. Boo Merriman, again, hits a jumper with uh, looks like uh, just under a minute left. 52-49 now. Boswick gets fouled, and again, he, he went in the last couple minutes of over or of the fourth quarter and then in overtime he went 1 for 5 in free throws and that was a big story in the game the free throw shooting both teams didn't shoot incredibly well from the free throw line but those the times that he missed those were pretty were pretty key in the story of this game so now it's 52-50 west and under a minute west's cook drives the lane gets the hoop in the harm three point play and this is kind of where the game takes a turn for West. It's now 55-50 with 34 seconds left. They, you know, in the situational basketball like that, it's a two-possession game, so, you know, you need to score quick and then you need to foul, those kind of things, and play that game. And that's what West Valley started trying to do. The issue was as West was hitting free throws there down the stretch, and that they missed one and made it a three-point game, but then the West Valley wasn't able to convert on both free throws, and then West would come back down and shoot a couple free throws. And basically, with eight seconds left, Sims is at the line for West Valley. He hits both, so it's 56-54. And at that point, there was a chance. There was a chance. But West had a great out-of-bounds play in the full court so that one of the West players was moving towards their basket. And West Valley obviously is pushing as hard as they can as, as far as the press pushing up. You know, if you need that, you need the ball back. That is a great inbounds play by Josh. And 
uh, Coach Josh for West Valley or West drawing that up. They get the ball, and Cook gets fouled. And now, or excuse me, Boo for West gets fouled with the intentional because he was from behind. So now it's 57-54, 5.2 seconds left. West Valley has to, to foul again. Cook is at the line. He misses the first but hits the second, so it's a four-point game with 5.2 seconds left, and that is basically how it finished. 58-54 in overtime. West takes it. The Alaska Sports Talk number one team ranked this week. West Anchorage beats West Valley in a thrilling OT game. Way to start off the Alaska Airlines Classic. Just, just an amazing game. I don't have as a detailed rundown for some of these other games because the other games in the first round for the Alaska Airlines Classic were not terribly close. Surprisingly, or I should say unsurprisingly, Bartlett is playing St. Joseph. St. Joseph has some players. Let me tell you what. They've got they have got some players. St. Joseph's Tunde Yosafu, six foot five, uh kind of do it all guard. I mean, he is a human highlight rail. Let me I took a couple notes to begin this game. He right now, he's number twenty-four for St. Joseph's. He has offers right now from UCLA, Kansas, Arizona, and I'm sure a lot more. So he had in the first quarter, this is, I'm just talking the first quarter alone right now. He had three highlight dunks in the first quarter alone. And number one for St. Joseph's, Julius Price. I'll tell you what, I I was talking with a couple people in the stands, and I was also talking with Keaton, because he was going to be broadcasting uh, the games coming up, he looks like he's a senior. So I was going, oh yeah, he he looks he looks good. I like number one. He's he's built. You know, it's it's good. He he is a sophomore. He is in class of twenty twenty six. Tundo Yesafu is class twenty twenty five. He's a junior. Julius Price is a sophomore. He looks like he's a senior. He's built. I mean, he is 6'3". He's an underclassman picked to represent Sweden in the 2023 FIBA Under-18 European Championship. He is really, really something. He drove the lane and just threw down this monstrous dunk. It was was impressive. (laughs) St. Joseph's had six dunks in the first quarter alone. But all that being said... Bartlett was holding their own. It was 21-16 at the end of the first. I mean, it, Bartlett was holding their own the, that first quarter. They were they were highlight dunks. The crowd was getting into it, the people that were there, and it was impressive. It really was. Uh, but eventually St. Joseph's just kind of started to take over. I don't know what the final to- total points were for each of those guys, but they are, well, they're worth the price of admission, I can tell you that. That is some high-level athleticism and basketball that those boys play. So St. Joseph's out of California ended up winning 93-54. Then at 6 o'clock, East Anchorage played East Hall out of Georgia. And East Hall, talking with one of the uh, moms in the stands that I was sitting uh, sitting next to, 
East Hall is a very young team right now. They are a young team. At one point in the midway through the second quarter, and then also in the third quarter, they had four 14-year-olds out there and one 15-year-old, and those were their best players. And they, it, it was good. It was uh, their. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't want to see that team in a couple of years. I can tell you that. They ended up East ended up winning that game 69-39. Um we had Muhammad Salbi from uh, East the junior the 64 junior. He was really smooth. He hit some really nice threes. He hit some good fades. He, he was impressive. Akeem Suleiman, he was really nice too the senior uh number 12. He's he's a UAA recruit. He's he kind of did it all. He did it all. He was all over defensively. He was all over offensively. Those two, uh, they were they were good. They were very, very good. Then in the nightcap, uh, Diamond played Nazareth out of New York, and it was close there for a while. Diamond was holding their own, definitely holding their own for a while. It was 16-11 to 11 at the end of the first uh, with uh, Nazareth ahead. But... N- Nazareth started to take a little bit more control. Diamond had about back or about I think it was three turnovers back to back to back and kind of exploded. Uh Nazareth ended up scoring 24 points in the second quarter to Diamond's nine. And so at half it was 40 to 20. But uh then in the third quarter, it uh they really took control of the game in the third quarter. The third quarter, Nazareth scored 29, Diamond scored eleven. So the game ended up finishing up 87-84, or excuse me, 87-48. And uh, it was, Nazareth was just, they have, they've got a deep bench. Coach was playing a lot of players. They've got, and this is before the, the uh, before half, he was playing a lot of players. So it was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty good. The uh, Nazareth has a couple guys, Holland, Holland, Halen Rawlings, he's a six foot six all star. He's and you can tell you can tell who he is on the floor. That's for sure. He has offers from Oklahoma State, Seton Hall, and Fordman. And then Tyler Francis is he's six seven. Um, yeah, he can. The summary here: New York hoops with an ability to drive through traffic and be bullish at the rim, and that's not an overstatement. He, he that is him. He gets ahead of steam. I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know how you stop him. He was uh he holds a he right now has an offer for Manhattan and I can see why. He's uh he's a handful. So tomorrow, just to kind of preview tomorrow a little bit before we say goodnight. West Anchorage plays East Anchorage at 7 30. That is gonna be a thrilling game. That'll be the first time those two teams have seen each other this year. Um that will be highly entertaining. At 3 o'clock, West Valley will play East Hall, Georgia. Uh, let's just start there. So the 3 o'clock game in consolation, West Valley plays East Hall. That'll be an entertaining game. I'd love to see how West Valley bounces back from that West Anchorage defeat in overtime. I, I do think that West Valley can beat East Hall. I do. West Valley is experienced. They're good. And like I said, East Hall is young. I do think that West Valley can and should win that game. And then at 4.30, Diamond plays Bartlett. Uh, the CIC rematch 
uh, or not, I shouldn't say rematch, but they're going to play a couple more times this uh, season. Then at 6 o'clock, this is a game. Leave work early. Make sure you get to West Anchorage early. This is a game you're definitely going to want to watch. Nazareth from New York playing St. Joseph from California. That is going to be a track meet. If you would like to see dunks, high-flying, scoring, and sometimes some defense, and I'm sure the coaches would like a little bit more, that's the game you're going to definitely want to go to. The two semifinal games tomorrow for the Alaska Airlines Classic are going to be fantastic. Nazareth from New York, St. Joseph's from California, 6 o'clock. You are not going to want to miss that. Be there, and if you can't, for whatever reason, if you can't be there, get on alaskaairlinesclassic.com and you can watch the game. And then at 7.30, West Anchorage versus East Anchorage. Definitely going to want to see that. I know that they're going to play each other in conference uh, games later on this month and next month, but it's a tournament time, and people raise their level when it comes to tournament time, so you're definitely not going to want to miss that. That will be a very entertaining and I, what I would imagine another track meet as well. So quickly, that was quickly the instant reaction. Uh, I missed some things, breezed through some things. I could spend a whole podcast on some of these games that I saw today. They were just fantastic. Keaton was there broadcasting games. If you watched any of the games tonight, I know that you heard him doing the announcing. He'll be back there tomorrow as well. It is uh, it's Alaska Airlines Classic time. It's just such a great tournament to be to be in or to be at and watch. So you are definitely going to want to check it out. I mean, it is, it is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. So for Alaska sports talk, Keaton Homer, Brad Lowers, I'm Isaiah Vreeman. Thank you. And good night. <laughs>